Quiz. Hi. Good evening. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Aya? Pilengos are corn, man. That, that that figure certainly startles me uh, because I recall uh, not so long ago and uh, uh, I think many people would be familiar with the fact that I used to work also for Oxfam and uh, I recall that you know at that point in time they said the top 1% owns uh, as much wealth as the bottom 50%. Now it seems that picture's gotten much worse here. 2153 global billionaires now have a more wealth than 60% of the world's entire population. Um, so the picture that inequality is getting worse is is what's true, right? And it's not getting better. Um, that's what this is telling us. And and what are the drivers of this? Uh, because one would think, I mean, uh, as uh, one of the uh, representatives at Oxfam said, you know, that uh, having consistent inequality is actually a, a political action. It's uh, so over people's access to public goods. Actually decide about the kind of levels uh, of inequality that those societies are willing to stomach. Uh, what are some of the actions or inactions here that are contributing to this picture? I mean, the, the way in which uh, part of the report even tells us that we have a crisis of billionaires, right? So some very deliberate actions around um, our economies that are not um, pro-poor, um, our economies that do not tax the rich enough, our economies that in fact make um, the kind of the ground fertile for people who have too much to amass much more. And as this report is now, one of the things that we're now highlighting is about our economies that like to ignore and pretend that there's kind of not a huge chunk of productive labor mm. that is going unrecognized, that is going unpaid for, that is subsidizing uh, all of this wealth mm. um, and is not sitting at the hands of, of the people who are making it. Mm. Um, we have, as you know, kind of global crisis around living wages, which we can afford to pay, um, our governments can afford to enforce, but not. So there's all of these um, these things that are person-made, man-made, actually, mm. um, that can be that can be fixed through legislation, through better policies, through involving um, the people who are actually involved mm. in creating all of the work that we enjoy, um, and through prioritizing more just ways of being alive with each other, yeah. because that's what it boils down to. Interesting point that you make the uh, quiz about uh, you know the unpaid labor of uh, women. Now, women and girls put in 12.5 billion hours of unpaid work every day across the globe, and uh, you know oftentimes many people see uh, the work that women do, uh, the social reproduction functions that they play more broadly, as something that is just you know um, tangential or even a sideshow to the mainstream economy. And one of the things that this report is suggesting is that uh, you know that kind of unpaid or unrecognized or, or work that is rendered invisible is actually central uh, to uh, the accumulation of capital and uh, I guess the, to this accumulation of unequal outcomes. I mean, absolutely. I, I think it's one of the kind of the, the big lies that um, some of the systems of power like to tell us, right? Like the lie of capitalism around the invisible hand of the economy, mm. which we know is quite visible through policy choices. Um, and here, we deliberately, as societies, choose to undervalue um, this labor because you can't sustain a kind of capitalist neoliberal framework if you are going to recognize and you're not going to exploit mm. um, mm. half your population. 
So it's not an accident that, you know, we've we've cultured it also as kind of this, you know, care, this labor of love, these innate things that women and girls sure. like to do, were born to do, mm. um, just so we can maintain not paying them um, and just so yeah. we can maintain the state and private companies, actually, who also sure. really benefit okay. um, taking real responsibility mm. for the labor that makes it possible for their workers to be on the factory floor. Okay. At the time when they need I to want be. us to pause there. Seven minutes it is uh, before 9 p.m. You tuned into a Metro FM uh, talk here on the mighty Metro with myself, Ayabong Atkao. If you just joined us, we're in conversation under the microscope today on uh, global inequality. This on the back of uh, a global inequality report coming out of Oxfam International. And I'm joined by uh, uh, the lead for women's rights and uh, gender justice at Oxfam South Africa, Kwezilom Sombandazayo. Now, Kwezi, uh, we talked uh, uh, just briefly about, um, I guess, this idea of the unpaid uh, labor and the unpaid production of uh-huh. uh, women um, in many of the, the roles that they play uh, uh, in the household. And I guess the opportunity cost and the impact that that has on their involvement in the labor market. Now, one of, one of, one of the key areas which I think is going to grow in a need uh, over the next few decades as people live for a bit longer is the care economy. And, and we know here in South Africa uh, how badly we've treated historically many community health workers, auxiliary care workers, and many others uh, who play a very important function in extending health care to where it's needed the most, which is in our homes. So, I mean, that that's quite scary, right? Because with that um, increase uh, in, in that demand, our services are actually not getting better. Um, part of what we argue, but part of what kind of we say in the report is to shine a light even on the kind of 60,000 um, healthcare workers in the country who are not employed properly. Um, and these are some of the places that we should really be investing in. Um, as you know I, as well, that once the economies or the economists think that the economy is in crisis, the first places that they go and cut are at those public and at those essential services, which is then going to place further burden on women and girls, I mean, who are largely unpaid for this labor, but also we occupy, you kind of, we're overrepresented in the very underpaid um, care space. So, um, you know, your nursing space, your domestic worker space, your kind of cleaning spaces around cities, in companies, etc. So without us prioritizing the valuing of the work um, and with us needing more care, we, we are getting to bigger crises. And, you know, when you think about all of these things in the context of, you know, a decline rather than an addition of new uh, capacity to provide public services, because, you know, not all of us can uh, afford privatized services, private health care, private education and all of that. And we know the inequality reducing impact of uh, public services uh, in the manner that I've painted out. Uh, from the taxation side of things, I mean, one of the things that this report is speaking to is that many of uh, the billionaires uh, that we are talking about here are probably not holding up their end of the bargain when it comes uh, to uh, taxation owed to fiscuses across the globe. Absolutely. Look, we, I, just, I, I saw a number from the, I think it was the Budget Justice Coalition, um, mm. talking about South Africa, where um, they are arguing that um, if we increase the wealth tax, um, on the rich um, from for about 
between 0.5 to 2%, we could get back into the national fiscus from 10.5 billion um, at the 0.5 to about 2 billion at the 2%, um, which would kind of be really helpful, right? Because what we keep getting told is that there's no money, but there are people who have obscene amounts of, of money. And a little bit more taxation um, could assist that. So mm. for me, it really is a problem of priorities um, and policy choices. And really, um, especially if I think about underpaid, unpaid is just one of the ways in which our countries continue to hate women and girls and continue to kind of be very misogynist. Um, mm. Because if you can fix something like this, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Just just on that point, your taxation uh, quiz, I'd be interested to hear the perspective from Oxfam South Africa on some of the recent changes that have happened uh, at the South African Receiver of Revenue at SARS, uh, the reinstitution of the large business center, which uh, was largely looking at this, um, you know, all the loopholes in our tax legislation that allowed some of these high net worth individuals to, to take their money offshore, uh, or even things like trade misinvoicing uh, um, uh, and all of the other tricks that many sort of well-heeled people use to evade their obligations. What do you make of, of, of that large business center being uh, set up once again? And uh, uh, does that give you any, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, encouragement about our ability to be able to not only monitor uh, this uh, kind of illicit flows, but also ensure that we stem them uh, by all means? I mean, I'm kind of not as um, well-versed into the technicalities of Mm. it all, but I do know that we are looking, um, we're kind of going to reprioritize looking at the kind of uh, illicit financial flows as an organization. Um, so it's, it's a big area of research, concern, and advocacy for us because, again, it's an, it's an issue of justice. Mm, mm. And Kwezi, you know, every, every single year around Davos, uh, uh, the reports like this come out, and um, some people might not be familiar, I guess, with the rationale behind that kind of timing and uh, why Davos uh, becomes such an important flashpoint uh, in the advocacy that uh, uh, Oxfam undertakes here. I mean, that was, um, of course, represents, it is, is where a meeting um, of the World Economic Forum is held with a lot of heads of state, um, a lot of states, men and women, um, a lot of business people across the globe. Uh, really a meeting of the very elite um, under the auspices of kind of talking about how to uh, have better, better economies. And so part of why we use this moment highlight inequality is to try and bring that space or that thinking back into into reality mm. to say global poverty um, is not just something that happens by itself that is a direct consequence of this extreme inequality. Yeah. The two things are very related um, and the one would not be as bad without the other. Mm. Uh, so we, we kind of want to to make those connections very clear. Because also for a lot of people, um, inequality ca- could seem, right, if you're not looking at the numbers and mm. some of the dramatics that we like to to put in the report, it seems like you're just being, I don't know, jealous of people who, mm. 
to work hard. I mean, I remember a few years ago, Chris, <laughs> but, city, yeah, you first looked at poverty now uh, because uh, poverty has been sorted. You're now chasing after something else. So it seems uh, a lot of, um, you know, misunderstanding here of some of these issues. And I think one country that can't afford absolutely. to look away uh, on this particular issue is uh, probably us here in South Africa is the most unequal society in, in the world. Uh, we can't afford to mm-hmm. not look at inequality. But Kwezi, we'll have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we have run out of time and always a pleasure catching okay. up with you. Uh, that there is uh, Kwezi Lomso Mbandazayo. She is uh, with the Oxfam South Africa where she is uh, the uh, Women's Rights and Gender Justice Program Manager uh, there at uh, Oxfam South Africa, speaking to us on the Global Inequality Report that has been released by Oxfam uh, on the eve of Davos. One minute it is now after 9pm, a bit late, but uh, the man with the music's already here. I'm going to leave you with the soulful sounds of uh, Sentle. Uh, you have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Kubanangoku. Sisaibanga. Le